And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, a podcast about falling on ice, falling off boats, and falling in love. We're your hosts. I'm Mia. And I'm Allie. P.S. I Love Rom-Coms is a podcast where each week, Mia and I, rom-com aficionados, try to answer the question, which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? Does that answer to that question lie in our past? Perhaps in our quaint hometowns during Christmas time? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps maybe that's where the answer to that question is. We'll see. Um, joining us today are comedian couple Ryan Coyle and Allison Phillips. And if they were in a rom com, they'd be a vacationing divorced veterinarian and a rugged pilot who meet on a holiday at an elephant sanctuary in Zambia, where they not only nurture baby elephants, but also their their budding relationship. You guys, it's Ryan Coyle and Allison Phillips. Woo! Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. That is spot on. <laughs> yeah, I put a helpful note. This is from one of my favorite rom-coms, Holiday in the Wild. Is that the one with um, the girl from Sex in the City? Yes. Yeah. Kristen I Davis saw it. Now, Ryan and Allie, we'd like to start off each episode with a little segment called Which Rom-Com Hero Heroine Are You Channeling? Where we equate the experiences we've had this week with a famous rom-com hero or heroine. Um, I can start us off this week. Uh, this week, I am channeling Melanie from the classic rom-com Sweet Home Alabama, in which a woman oh. returns to her hometown to finalize a divorce, which is, I'm in my hometown not to finalize a divorce, but just to just to hang out and... Um, <laughs> I <laughs> we're been for a bit, <laughs> but um, Melanie is um, there's she, there, this is okay. It's a walk, but just bear with me. Okay, so there's this glassware she finds that she really likes, and she's like, "This is really good glassware." <laughs> she's like, "Who makes this glassware?" And uh, it turns <laughs> out, of course, it's her uh, first husband, still husband, um, hunky budget Matthew McConaughey. I uh, I haven't found a glass company like, but basically. I've been this will come out after Christmas so I can say this but I've been searching for locally sourced mugs um, for a gift this Christmas and I have it's been really hard to find it because of the pandemic and blah 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 and I finally found this adorable local shop that's very affordable that has a bunch of very cute mugs so I'm in my hometown I'm lifting up the bottom of mugs saying who made this mug and um, just sort of you know getting back into the the enjoying the charms of small town of small town life um, <laughs> so that's who I'm chilling this week. Uh, Mia, Mia, you're so right. Josh Lucas is definitely <laughs> low budget uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I don't want to drag him because he's so hot. I think Josh Lucas is like very attractive and talented. It's not, so hot. It's not it's just a, like a little bit like blander than Matthew McConaughey. He's like, yeah, he's like diet Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey exactly. is like low sugar and he's like, like you're you're not looking for anything crazy. You're looking for something a little bit like subtler and sweeter. You're looking but for also, yeah, yes. low syrup. Yeah, low syrup. But also with aspartame. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so that's who I'm channeling. Allie, who are you channeling? This week I'm channeling uh 
Ali Sheedy's character from Breakfast Club. Wait, don't tell me. I know her character's name. Allison Reynolds. Um, just specifically that one scene in Breakfast Club. We all know it. There, she. It's like lunchtime, and she like opens up her sandwich that she's going to eat during detention, and she like opens up pixie sticks and pours pixie sticks on her sandwich, and then eats the sandwich, and everyone's like, "Oh, gross." Um, so I'm channeling her specifically in that way, just because. Um, I think I cope with stress with sugar. Like I just eat a lot of candy and cake. And I did this thing yesterday with, uh, where I put, I got these really nice chocolates uh, for Christmas and um, I baked a cake and I was like, what if I mush this candy into my cake and then I eat it? Oh, that'd be good. And I did it and it was incredible. Um, and it was insane. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend mushing candy into cake and then eating it. Um, it's very, very good. Um, and <laughs> that's where I am in this pandemic. Um, mushing candy into cake to help ease that pain of quarantine. Um, Wait, what, what kind of candy into what kind of cake? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me that. The candy is uh, a soft salted caramel uh, coated oh, in a dark espresso chocolate oh my and god mushed into a uh yule log that i made or a swiss roll um with a vanilla sponge raspberry cream cheese frosting coated in a chocolate ganache <laughs> topped with whipped cream and raspberries so oh. Oh, okay um, god yeah that <laughs> is a good idea that's a good Did idea you, I, that thought it was, I thought it was a good idea um but I yeah, so that's who I'm channeling. Um, Ryan, Allison, who are you guys channeling this week? Oh, I have a 50-50 tie for who I'm channeling at the moment. As far as my uh, looks go, I am channeling Matthew McConaughey in uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days because I just chopped off all of my hair and I look like <gasps> I should drive a motorcycle now. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> I like, yes! the sides. Oh, I <laughs> so, love that. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it yeah. makes me feel pretty badass. Uh, and, and, and yeah. <laughs> and look pretty badass. So I feel like uh I I feel like part of me is uh definitely channeling that and then the other part of me is channeling uh Zoe Kazen from the Big Sick because my <laughs> stomach has been a freaking nightmare during this pandemic. Because no. uh, I, I got diagnosed with celiac and I got a, a surprise glutened by a vodka this week that just like really <gasps> took me out of the game for like five no. days. Oh no. <laughs> so well, Ryan's had to take care of me very much like uh, Kamel has in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, no. Wait, was it a vodka that you were familiar with or no? It was, like, well, I found out absolute vodka is not gluten free. <laughs> oh, is it because oh it's God. like a grain alcohol? Am I just speak? Well, it's because of the distillation process. Apparently, like like gray goose is also derived from wheat, but they uh, process it like more. So I guess it's just like cheaper vodkas. Like New Amsterdam was a fun one I found out earlier because like I've been really good about food. Like I've been 
gluten-free for like almost a year now, but I had I, I typed in is absolute vodka gluten-free because I was like, something's been killing me and I don't know why I've been dying. And it said, absolutely not. <laughs> so, oh, oh my God. God. Yeah, it was, yeah, they had to put a joke in it. Just to twist the knife. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Man. That, and I, I feel I'm also a 50 50, I think. Oh my gosh. Um, um, I, I would say, yeah, partly I'm Kumail <laughs> in the big sick right now, you know, taking just, you know, taking care, going to get bone broth. Because uh, that's the part I remember from the big, I don't think that happened in the big sick. Um, but the other part is uh, probably Sam Baldwin in Sleepless in Seattle, Tom Hanks. His oh character, um, specifically because uh, like my favorite line in that is when he's like talking about he's like calling in. He goes, she could peel an apple in one long swoop. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is about that line that I'm like, yeah, OK, like we're sitting here and we have a lot of time on our hands and I'm just like thinking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, a, you can do besides just right. kind of think nowadays. Right. And like constantly on the brink of depression or like highs and lows <laughs> like every other day. Yeah. So like there's that aspect. Um yeah, that's that's what I got. I think that's what I got. But I oh think it's God. I think it's fitting. I also I had to pick Tom Hanks cuz that's he's 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 my main guy in rom yeah. world and I didn't feel like Joe Fox was appropriate because he's kind of an asshole um, yes. Yes, and, and I didn't know that growing up growing up I was like he's the hero <laughs> <laughs> um, I would also just like to put a quick disclaimer because I feel like I made it sound like I was going in and out of stores I am not I'm ordering and picking the mess <laughs> so I just don't want anyone to think I'm out there pretending we're not in a pandemic because I know that <laughs> Just going to Target and just coughing on everything. Absolutely she's not. Seen. Absolutely not. I wear two masks. I wear two masks. I wear, two masks. I wear a mask and I wear an N95. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know it gives me comfort. Okay, I'm so sorry. Okay, but here is the thing. Speaking of rom-com heroes, ooh, you know, are they the villain? Are they the hero? Let's get into our movie discussion, shall we? Yes. <laughs> yes. So this week, we watched the 2005 romantic rom-com Just Friends. In this film, high schooler Chris Brander, played by Ryan Reynolds, is head over heels for his best friend, Jamie Palomino, played by Amy Smart. When he finally confesses his feelings at their graduation party, she tells him that she just wants to be friends, and he leaves town in shame. Ten years later, Chris is a successful record executive and involved with self-absorbed pop star Samantha James, played by Anna Faris. They both go to Paris for the holidays, but when their plans fall through, he returns to his hometown and tries to win Jamie heart one more time just friends was directed by roger kumble who also directed cruel intentions the sweetest thing and falling in love <laughs> and was written by adam tex davis <laughs> it's just uh, for people who are listening tex is his like nickname so um <laughs> later and see um, what he's written since Just Friends. Um, so, guys, what are our initial thoughts on this film? And was it any of our first time seeing it? Okay, so we watched it again this morning, actually. <laughs> and my, <laughs> my my first time seeing it was about a year ago, I think, uh, because it was kind of it's it's set during the holidays, so yeah. we were watching it during the holidays, and I. 
I'm not going to, I kind of love it. <laughs> like I love it. And I feel like I'm not supposed to, but I love it. And it, it makes me laugh a lot. And again, I don't know if it should, but it did. And we watched it again this morning and I laughed harder at many parts of it. And that's, that's where I'm going to leave things for now. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah, you go. Uh, I was obsessed with this movie in high school. Like when I was a fresh, I think it came out when I was like a freshman in high school, and it was probably one of my favorite movies. And Anna Faris in this movie made me want to do comedy. Oh yeah. Like she was like my inspiration for her character was like the funniest character in the world to me. And I was like, I just want to do comedy to be like Anna Faris. And uh, even we even uh, my friends were also obsessed with it. We like. I, I learned the forgiveness song on the guitar and we recorded it for my friend's birthday. And oh like we had like all the inside jokes from the movie in it. So oh, uh, my gosh. I've probably seen this movie like a hundred times. You wrote out you learned I love that you you learned the song in a way like we spend all this time le- and it's like isn't it like it's three chords yeah. <laughs> but I, was, I was 12 I was 12 that's pretty good that's impressive no, 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 that's, that's impressive. Really impressive I feel like you could do a really good Anna Ferris impression Allie oh, thank like, you I, that's that's all I've that. ever wanted to hear yeah. <laughs> um, and with that was, we're done with this, guy. <laughs> <laughs> this was my first time seeing this movie um and I, I mean, it definitely was a movie from 2005 and oh, that like, yeah. <laughs> where I was like, whoa, like, you know, it's one of those movies where you watch it and you're like, oh, wow, we have um, come far in the way that we treat women in film. Um, <laughs> but, um uh, just because, you know, there weren't a lot of, for me watching, I was like, wow, every female character in this movie is dumb like it's so stupid um but also this movie had some of like the best slapstick comedy that i've seen in any rom-coms that we've watched so far and there's just one joke that this was just like there were so many jokes in this and like some of them were like throwaway jokes and this is one that i just want to um point out because it's so weird like it was so this movie was so weird but like very funny and very problematic but the weird (laughs) joke that i just want to point out that i loved was um so ryan reynolds character chris is in the hospital uh why is he in that oh he's in the hospital and he got hit in the mouth yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and he like runs into um this guy who's like competing for Jamie's love. Oh, no, that's um, a different time. I'm wrong. Dusty, yeah. Dusty. And um, so Chris and Dusty are in the hospital and there's a dead man in the lobby. <laughs> a dead man oh, holding yes. a glass of juice. And Dusty goes up to the dead man, grabs his juice, drinks the juice. And somebody goes, that's that man's juice. Like, how dare you? And nobody acknowledges the fact that the man is clearly dead. (laughs) And it's so, like, it's absurdist humor. And it's so funny. And I'm like, I, it was deeply funny. And it was, like, very, I felt like ahead of its time. And that joke was ahead of its time. It was. A lot of those, yeah, I feel like. 
a lot of the jokes are just kind of perfect. Like there's there's another one where uh, Ryan Reynolds gets thrown out of the bar for being too drunk and causing a scene. Um, yes. And the big like the the doorman like throws him out and goes, Ed, stay out. And then he walks back in. The camera's a wide shot. And then you just hear him go, I always wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like and I remember thinking to myself, because as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, man. I should tweet something that says, I always wanted to say, and stay out. And then he said that and it hit even harder. (laughs) (laughs) But also like the little, I think what's so odd to me about a lot of the humor is like Ryan Reynolds performance, which I feel like a lot of it is ADR where he's just making these weird little noises (laughs) the entire movie where he's just like, like these like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like his retainer voice is insane and I so love insane. it and, I, I and you're it. right like Ali it's it's the the appropriate way to say it is like this is definitely a movie from to- 2005 like in mm-hmm. so many ways yeah. but it got me with his humor and yeah you want it <laughs> yeah yeah I I'll say that's like what yeah that's the thing I appreciate the most about this movie because yeah I'm similar to Allie Phillips because we got two allies on the pot so yeah I'm similar to Allie Phillips and I saw it when it came out and it was like it was uh like loved it so much and was like me and my sister still quote so many of the Anna Ferris lines to each other like my favorite part of the movie was is always when they're at the bar when they're at the maple for the first time yes. Anna Ferris just has this run of insane character <laughs> behavior that I think had to have been improvised where he where uh where Ryan Reynolds is catching up with his old friends and Anna Ferris has no I idea what they're saying <laughs> But she just talks along. She's like, "You got married." And like we have a son of TJ, and she's like, "TJ." And then um, she's like, when she's like saying bye to the friend, she's like going to the bathroom, and then whispers Darla, and like kisses her on the mouth. It's very funny. And then when she wants to leave, she just walks up to Chris and says, "There's pee on the floor," and then hisses at Amy Smart. And then my favorite bit is when she wants to leave the bar, and I feel like this is like. This is a common joke now, but I, I feel like I, I'd never seen this at the time where she's sitting on the other side of the bar and she wants to leave and she just starts repeating his name loudly over and over <laughs> again for too long, um, which is just very, it was those, those bits to me were like the absolute funniest. So yeah, I used to, I used to like love the movie obsessed with it when I was younger. And then I'm similar to Ali Jennings. And then when I watch it as an adult, I'm like, oh my God, so much of the humor <laughs> is on a Ferris being physically uh hurt <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like so much like man- manhandling and stuff that i'm just like oh that's like that's like a harder that's like harder for me to digest yeah well it's like i do like a lot of slapstick i am like oh god i don't like when he's like grabbing on a ferris's arm and stuff and then i also of course i mean you just it's just like it was just uh, the time that i mean it, it's obviously just like shocking to go back and look at how homophobic that like that time period was but it really was right. like that's like right. to yeah. be in high school yeah. at the time was that was like constant, like that sort of um, energy. So it was like, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's almost like sad to look back and be like, oh God, that was like so normalized in our culture. And obviously it's, it's so different now, which is awesome. But yeah, but with the, that aside, I do love the slapstick between the brothers. Um, and one of my favorite jokes is when they're like, they're like fighting and then, <laughs> and then like out of nowhere, Ryan Reynolds is like, I love you. And the brother's like, I love you too. And then he hands him a cookie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Oh, and of course, 
Oh, the, the mom character. I Julie do love. Yes. She's yes. incredible. Like yesterday, oh. I was on a Zoom call with my sister and my mom and my mom said something and I was like, oh, mom. And Lily was like, Joyce. Saying <laughs> 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 that my mom was sounding and we hadn't even watched the movie yet. So we still quote it. You know, it's so interesting because it's like I, I was doing some research on the movie and it was like, how did they... Like some of these jokes are so wild. Like that whole scene, which I found out later was um, like they came up with the day of where like Anna Ferris um, was like out and about in New Jersey, you know, singing that song in a mall or for like a metal concert. And she comes back and she has like a head injury oh and she's like hyped up on Vicodin and has like toothpaste like falling out of her mouth. And it's like, this is so weird. How did like the studios like approve this scene where like toothpaste is literally just like falling out of her mouth? It's so weird. And then I, um, I found out that they, it was a Canadian production company that, picked up this film to produce and so they shot it up in i'm gonna butcher this saskatchewan saskatchewan yes saskatchewan (laughs) um wow tongue twister um or maybe i just um don't speak to me very well Um, but um so they were filming up there and it was so far up in canada it was so cold and it was hard for airplanes to get there that no like producers from the studios felt comfortable flying out so they had no one on set to say like no don't do this kind of a thing um and i read this in cosmopolitan (laughs) so you know it's true um and um and so it's like yeah they said that they had a lot of free reign and that at night um ryan reynolds and uh the director roger cumble would like pitch on the script and like workshop the script a lot uh, along with Anna Ferris, and um, that's why I feel like there are so many of these like very strange and like cool and funny bits is because they were workshopping the script a lot and they had free reign and they didn't have a lot of studio heads saying like, no, you can't drool toothpaste out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's pro- I mean, it benefited the movie, I think, because otherwise if they had been around it, just it would have taken away all the interesting stuff and just been the stuff we look at now that's like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, um, another part that I'm sh- that had to be improvised, but just like going back to that mall scene, there, it's like there's so many throwaway jokes that you it's like it's hard to even hold them all. It's like holding water in your hand. There's where she's like at the mall writing a song and she's like mall people they come and go small people they just don't know and the delivery is just so funny and insane and on a on a is probably like one of the best parts of the movie she's definitely the star for me <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it's a it's an amazing performance and i feel like it can be easily overlooked um but like watching it i'm like that that's a it's tiring like that would be a tiring performance yeah i mean like the first time she comes on screen is just like her doing that insane monologue in the recording studio (laughs) i love that it's such a good joke who changed the key on me (laughs) fun fact and i got this from um amazon uh, which sounds weird but like when you watch movies on amazon in the sidebar yeah. fun facts pop up and it said that 
to get into character, Anna Ferris would chug a Red Bull before. (laughs) (laughs) I so So, believe that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I was like, oh, at first I was like, that's insane. And then I watched the movie and I was like, that makes sense. I get why (laughs) she would do that. I get that. Um, I also read that her character, the character of Samantha James was based off of Paris Hilton and that Paris Hilton Um, actually auditioned for the role, but they said it was too weird and that her (laughs) (laughs) performance was really weird and strange, which I kind of believe. Um, And so they didn't end up Can you imagine hearing that about yourself later? Like this character's just on you. You're too weird. (laughs) Why didn't I get it? They said you were just too weird. Oh no. I believe that though. I saw it. And I, no shade to Paris Hilton at all. I did see her in an episode of Veronica Mars and it was the most strange viewing experience ever. So I understand what they're saying. Where it's, I don't know also if I've ever seen her act in anything, though. I feel like she's always like guest starring as herself. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And that's what it would have been here, too. Yeah. And I think that that would have been the movie. Would have been yeah. like, yeah. too, like, like isn't that funny but also okay so also uh i read this in cosmo as well um someone who almost was in the movie who wasn't was chris chris klein who plays dusty dinkelman dusty was almost played by bradley cooper which would have been also very good yeah because we've seen because he does the good nice guy pivot in wedding crashers very well so yeah that that would have been good too but but chris klein i remember when i was a kid watching this when Chris Klein's character becomes evil when he does drink the juice and is like singing to the nurse, it's like my mind was blown. Like I was Same. like, "Same, was bad." <laughs> I was like, said, like this. and I was watching it with my mom this morning, and she was working and not paying attention. And the one thing she said the whole movie was like, "Wait, he's evil." <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to know that still, that still is like a big reveal. We were saying this while watching that Chris Klein, like he did a great job, but I can't get the idea of Paul Rudd out of my head playing that role. Oh, oh yeah. that would be so good. I think Paul Rudd, along with like Adam Scott, are two guys that played the best assholes. Yeah. That, that seem likable. Like they yeah, just have they this get ability. away with it. Um, yeah. and I couldn't get out of my head but Chris Klein obviously he did great yeah I mean <laughs> like, when he when he pulls out the two guitar thing it's <laughs> oh so insane. or like sticking his is sticking his head through the curtain is like would you like to take a chance to sing for our lord <laughs> yeah I, I don't know what the qualifications are or what your qualifications are for a romantic comedy but it feels almost more like a slapstick that is oh, yeah. romantic you know what I mean like oh, I would totally. never, if I had seen this earlier in my life, I don't know if I, I, in my interpretation of it, wouldn't have put it in that, like that genre. Like I wouldn't necessarily have said romantic comedy. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I maybe it's because of all the, I think it's like the traditional jokes. friend zone comedy. Though. Yeah, for sure. That's true. I think yeah. maybe it's just the humor in it that makes it, sets it apart in my, my own yeah. mind. I do yeah, wish I, more comedies had that slapstick comedy in it, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, there, yeah. I was watching, like, and there's, you know, the, the say what you about the wrong Missy. There, It was like, I was like, oh, wow, I forgot about slapstick. That that's like a thing you can have in a rom-com. And it was, it, I mean, on, on it occasion, me it was nice. Because I, I agree. Well, because well, when, when we get to the tropes, we'll, we'll sort of, that's like always our good, like, Right. It's like, is this rom-com hitting the tropes? And that's sort of how we know if it's fitting into the genre. But I do I think see. what also sets it apart is that um, rom-coms, I think, are sort of famous at this point 
for being like somewhat tension free, you know, or the tension is like within a certain boundary where it's like everyone's financially okay, you know, and the tension is normally just like, will, will they, or will they, or won't they? But in with, with a slapstick thing, that's like, um, we were talking about this when, I don't know why we were talking about this Allie, but I was saying that like these slapstick comedies used to really stress me out when I was a kid. Yeah. And I was thinking of like serving Sarah and like saving Silverman. And just like, like they, when, it, when it is slapstick, like it would stress me out. So I do think maybe also why it doesn't feel as rom-commy as we think of a classic rom-com is because it's like, there is like a physical tension happening where, yeah. yeah, it's not like of the Nancy Myers, like everyone is, everything is great and beautiful and, and easy. Right. And, and I think also like I, because of the slapstick in a good way, I don't care as much about the will they won't they. Um, yeah. <laughs> but also because yeah. of like Ryan Reynolds, his like, I, I guess I'll, I don't know if his character arc, his journey, what have you. If like, <laughs> I'm like, this dude has got all sorts of uh, issues and we can kind of see where it's going. If like, um, I'm, my mouth is going faster than my brain is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I get it. Like, are you thinking like, like, are you like, because it's like he sort of doesn't really like. I feel well. I feel like his character journey. It's like it's not quite what we need in the end to be like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like, all right. This like obviously there's some other stuff to talk about. Yeah, like he just sort of like by the end, it's like you. I feel like we never really got that like crux of like what you need out of like the Matthew McConaughey's and the and the Tom Hanks's and what does happen in Ryan Reynolds in a lot of movies where he often does play a dick, but like he will have this sort of like redeeming emotional vulnerable moment, and it was Mm -hmm. there, but I feel like it wasn't there enough, so it also feels like more of like a comedy like a comedy vehicle for Ryan Reynolds since yeah, yeah you do focus less on the relationship. Yeah. And I, and I like that. I think that's what sets it apart for me and maybe what confused me at first. I think it's also because I feel like this comedy is like very character heavy compared to a lot of rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like a lot of rom-coms people are just playing like pretty much neutral characters versus like yeah. this one. Like, I mean, like it just in the first, even in the first like 10 minutes where they're all in high school, like Tim's character as the frat guy is like such an extreme <laughs> character version of a frat dude. Oh my gosh, yeah. 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 Also, like all those teenagers were are 40. <laughs> Everyone looks so old. <laughs> They're all 40. Dust, Dusty in the beginning looks like a 45-year-old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about older movies. I don't like it when yeah. the leads are like old and supposed to be young, but I love it when just like the whole movie is just like people in their late 30s pretending to be in high school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, if uh, we put a Leatherman jacket or like a Leatherman jacket on like this 40-year-old, like he'll definitely look like a teenager. Well, yeah, it's even funnier. Like that, that guy, that guy in the Letterman jacket, when he, when it's supposed to be 10 years later, he's obviously <laughs> aged like 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do we make him look, how do we make him look like an older adult as opposed to a teenager where he clearly looked like an adult as a teenager? Wait, okay, so let's right. just shave, shave the top of his head. head. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, they're supposed to be like 28 then. I know. I think they caught on to the joke in that probably. It, it felt mm-hmm. a little self-aware of like... 
Yeah. Yeah. I guess his 28 is 48. (laughs) Yeah. Another character who I think just made a meal out of his role uh, is um, uh, Clark and Darla. Clark, who I also know shade to Clark, but is budget Mark Ruffalo for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's dead. He's budget Mark Ruffalo. (laughs) Yeah, the whole time I was just like, I look so much like he had, I feel like he had so many improvised like random lines that just kept getting snuck in there also and he almost he said dinkleman one too many times for me like okay all right clark we get it um, only once only one too many only times once, only one the rest of we're all good for me well we've talked a lot about the comedy in this film because i think that's where this like movie really shines this is in its comedy um but maybe we should talk a little bit about the romance because ryan you did bring up the fact like is this a rom-com and it is because like the character arc has to our main character's like emotional journey has to do with his romance with his old high school friend um jamie and so i uh i think maybe why you know you said as well ryan like that this wasn't it didn't feel like a rom-com is because i think the romance is a little bit underwritten slash Mm -hmm. poorly written in this film Mm um and i just want to like point out like um I think Ryan's rental character was very developed and very interesting, but I felt like Jamie's character was a little bit um, flat flat in this. Like uh, if you look at her character arc, she starts off being friends with uh, her, with Chris played by Ryan Reynolds. And then he goes off and he's successful and he, or he like, he like, sorry, back up. He like expresses his true love to her. And uh, she's like, no, I just want to be friends. And then he goes off to Hollywood, becomes rich and skinny and then moves. And then like his plane crashes in New Jersey and they get like a second chance. And then she's like, oh, I'm attracted to you now. And it's like, hmm, could we maybe right. like go in like a little bit deeper about why all of a sudden she's attracted to... Chris, um, right. <laughs> yes. And it's not because like, it's not, uh, she's attracted to him. I think like kind of like right off the bat when he comes back, cause he's like successful and, and rich and like in shape. And yeah, I think the first thing she says to him is I can put my arms around you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess I kind of wish if I could like rewrite this movie that she like liked him all along and that or like what yes. she likes about him now is that like he loves himself versus like less to do with his like success and his like physical appearance. It just like something in her character was a little bit like off. Yeah, it kind of almost yeah. felt like he had two arcs. Like it was, OK, I have to prove to everyone in high school that like I'm better than them. But then he comes back and he goes, oh, she doesn't like that. So now I have to prove that I'm the same guy from high school. And I don't think she proves anything the whole movie. <laughs> like, Because part of me is almost also like, why is he so into her? Like, because it seems yeah. like she does only like him be- when he gets like hot. And and then same thing with like, I mean, leading leading on Doug you a little bit like I'm kind of, it does seem like a very shallow character 
Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Same. And for the me to the point where <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Um, but yeah, at the point when they finally kiss, I, it, it, yeah, I think it was like so underdeveloped that I was sort of like, didn't like normally with the kiss, the rom-com when they finally kiss, you're just like, Oh my God, finally. And this time I was like, is there sexual chemistry? I don't know, right? Because she <laughs> never really liked him and you haven't shown me why she would like him besides she's skinny. And then I'm like, and typically, yeah, if you like aren't into someone for a long time, I feel like you don't you don't end up into them often. Yeah. So, but I, I, Ali, like you were saying where you were like, oh, I would rewrite it to like show like that she loves like she loves that she likes that he likes himself more or something like that. But yeah, I thought like there was something interesting where it's like, oh, she only dates assholes kind of is her history so it's like oh there could have been something where it's like oh in high school yeah where i don't know my friend's reading this book called attached and it talks about how like if you're there's like certain types of attachment styles and it's like if you're an insecure attachment style if you meet someone with a secure attachment style like you think they're boring but they're really just Mm -hmm. like okay with themselves so it's like okay maybe she could have like figured out her thing and been like oh i just wasn't open to you then because of like my shit but yeah, yeah totally. I'm kind of like- I mean, I, I think I need to learn more about the context of the making it and what else was coming out around that time. Because in the back of my mind, and this could be me uh, pulling something out of my ass here to make excuses <laughs> for it. But maybe I'm like, maybe it's like super self-aware. They're like, ah, fuck that. We know that all movies don't have <laughs> well-rounded characters or something like that. But I feel like the con- I, I, I haven't looked into the context of it, but yeah, Ooh, I've got some for you. Do you want to hear some 2005 rom-coms? Please. Okay. We've got a lot like love, which I loved. Um, Oh wait, sorry. I accidentally went back on the page. Okay. So we've got a lot like love. We've got the family stone. We've got hitch. We've got oh, 40 year old virgin. The same time? Yeah, and Wedding Crashers. Wow. Um, and let's see how perfect man, yeah. which I walked out of. Because um, <laughs> he wasn't perfect. Because <laughs> he was not perfect. Um, yeah, I think okay, those seems like oh, that seems that seems like a lot of the ones that we would have known at the time. And also I will say also in its defense as well, is that like I feel like we do see this in rom coms, like even really good, like really like well um like respected or lauded rom coms where it's like you can I feel like you can only have so many moving pieces, right? So like this, so some like um like I do feel like we watch rom coms where often one person's character arc is stronger, or like this one obviously mm-hmm. like wanted to do a lot of the humor with like sort of like character bits and side characters. So it's like, yeah, you can have that, but then you get less time with your protagonists growing and changing. So it could also have been like a choice of just like, yeah, we want to, we want this movie to like celebrate the funny people in it. And yeah. I'm sure we like lose some development in the process. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with Mia and that it, yeah, that this film just prioritized jokes over, um, you know, character development, Romance. you know, which is not a bad thing, but uh, like, for example, there's that, you know, there's that scene where he, he could have had like a tender growing moment with like Amy while they're ice skating together, but instead they kind of leaned into the slapstick humor of Ryan. They're like, Oh, we could have a scene where they like really connect um, as a couple. Um, or we could have Ryan Reynolds, you know, pushing a bunch of ice skating kids over uh, and they chose, you know, the latter rather than the former. And, yeah. um, and it was like, funny. Give a lot of lines it to was. the kids. 
cocky coach. <laughs> like he got so yeah. much screen time. What do you guys think the like caroler thing was about? <laughs> they had so much. I, at first, I was like, "Is this supposed to be some kind of like story device? Like every time they come in, some I think it's just arbitrary." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got so confused. I got so confused by the timeline of like, wait, how long is Christmas right now? It felt like yes. Christmas was an entire week. <laughs> yes. And at one point at Amy Smart's house, it's like they go outside to Carol <gasps> at her front door. Outside. <laughs> And turn around and face the house. <laughs> Carol at the house. I know. Like, right? And then Ryan is like coming out of the door. It's also funny though, because like I remember he like there's like one morning where he goes, She's asleep. I'm gonna go over to Amy's and it's like 10 a.m. And then like after him being there for like 15 minutes, it's like 7 p.m. at night and everything's dark yes. again. And I'm just like the, the timeline is so insane. Yeah, going over at 10 a.m. on Christmas morning, I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> you stayed there all day. <laughs> And she also hears that and then doesn't come to get her revenge for 14 hours. Very, very off. Remember like the first joke of the movie when he's like now hotshot LA? Oh, yeah. And he's like, he's like, hey, nice shirt. It really brings out your legs. (laughs) Or nice color on your your shirt or something. And I was like, and it's so horrible, but it's just such a like. Dumb joke. It's, I don't know. Something about it got me because it's so stupid. And so old. And I just, I, like, it felt like something that your uncle that you tolerate but laugh at all the time says that maybe it's just a personal thing. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it got both no, of us I this know. morning. I mean, they work. They work and they still work. They work. Something I'll say is, like, this was definitely, like, Ryan Reynolds was really on all of the Ryan Reynolds cylinders. Like he was, uh, he was definitely, it was a vehicle for him. He was cracking a lot of jokes, but what I will say about his sense of humor is sometimes, and this can, this is maybe me being sensitive, but like sometimes his sense of humor kind of rubs me the wrong way because it's definitely, he's like sarcastic and sometimes it uh, it feels like he's punching down in some of his mm-hmm. jokes. And what I mean by that is he's like, you know, l- laughing at people's expenses kind of a thing. Um, and he's so hot that it's like, it's not fair, Ryan. You're so hot. <laughs> and you have everything in the world. You don't get to, you know, make fun of people who are less fortunate than you. Uh, but like, <laughs> he, like, he punches down a lot. We're like, he makes fun of like, um, Samantha James's character a lot where he's like oh yeah like this is good you're an artist right like you get to go do an open mic how great for you and it's like okay well this woman is obviously struggling Ryan um yeah um, I like the ADR is just him saying you're awful <laughs> where she yeah. can't hear it yeah I've been like thinking that the, the the joke is that like she can't hear it and thinks that he likes her yeah right um, <laughs> So sometimes I'm like, Ryan, yeah. pull it back a little bit. You, you <laughs> don't get to pretend like you're the victim here. Yeah, totally. I And I, I think that's like sort of like a really good summation of like what kind of doesn't age well about the hum- a lot of the humor in the movie and about just like what was wrong with that time period in which we grew up, which is that comedy was a lot more about punching down um, 
um, like people in power punching down on people that had less power than them where I think now it's flipped into like absurdities fun and um, making fun of those with power is fun. So I think, yeah, that's, I'm like, Oh, I see like the cultural shift and like why things like, yeah. And why his certain sense of humor can sort of like, yeah. Rub totally it's, yeah, Cause it is an interesting dynamic because on the one hand, you'd think that Samantha James has more power because of her fame and like mm-hmm. it is kind of a critique on like that bubblegum pop for a second, for a hot second. And then it just kind of yeah. devolves into that character. And then but but he's kind of he's a producer, so he's behind the curtain, kind of making the shots kind of thing. So it is a punch up punch. I mean, a lot of his humor. I totally get why <laughs> it's <laughs> it's gotta be it's gotta be right for it to not yeah. kind of hit home um in a negative way. No, no, and I think the the humor from Anna Ferris, I think it's always I think the stuff that's last for me is all the comedy that comes from her yeah. and not necessarily at her expense. Yeah, like, I totally agree. Yeah. That's how I feel about it too. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the stuff that even to this day, like I still I laugh so much at the bar scene to this day. Same like that's my favorite scene too. Yes. And her like yeah. forgiveness song is like that's coming from it's like so good. Anna Ferris, like satirizing like these kind of like singers that exist and like those are the funniest moments and it's like and you know it's like you know as lady comedians like it's fun to see that even in 2005 like people like Anna Faris were like allowed that kind of like freedom to like make those like fun jokes and and character choices and stuff like that yeah like I think she got the funniest role in that movie absolutely and she wasn't the lead lead so it's like I would have I mean yeah I, I I mean, both times I've watched it, I'm like, I wish she were in it more. Like, I want to see that wrap up. Yeah, the second half of the movie, they like, she's rarely in it. And I really just wanted more of her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Same. Because it's so funny, too. Like, your introduction to her is that kind of like that she's a humanitarian. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was just perfect. Like that, that that's a good introduction. Yeah, very like Elvis Snow, like yeah, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, all right, should we get into counting the rom com tropes? Yes, this time we like to count up all of like the rom com tropes we've seen in the movie, and this can be helpful in us being like, great, does this work as a rom com or does it not? I can kick us off. So I have that there is flashbacks. So, you know, we flash back to mm-hmm. 1995. Um, there's narration, which we see a lot in rom-coms or tropes that are like, you know, we're just not a huge fan of because it's just more about like the genre and the segregation of the genre is that the couples are largely straight and white, but that's changing over time. Um, we have the friends obsessed with their love life. So Clark and Darla are just like always there to be like, you got to go get her. Um <laughs> I, I have Dusty is good on paper guy with a fun twist because he's evil. Yeah, um, it's Christmas in a rom com. It's usually Christmas, so um, we got that. We have Amy Smart as the cool girl who eats. I'm not like your stick women from LA. I eat ice cream, but I'm also very thin, which is a classic, <laughs> classic thing. Uh, we have a woman who wears a large button down shirt. But I personally have never done. I have never um, gotten a guy's long button down shirt and being like, these are my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds so uncomfy. So uncomfy and weird. 
No. It also um, wasn't a shirt he was wearing earlier. She just took it out of his closet. Yeah, she's like, these are my pajamas. <laughs> no. So we we saw that. Love to see it. Um, oh, we had like the big, like, it's usually like the cross town chase, but this is the cross country chase where he, you know, flies back from LA to New Jersey to go get her um, on, which is like on New Year's Eve, which is a trip I want to pitch, which is like, the New Year's Eve climax. I mean, we see it when Harry met Sally. I don't know if we see it in other movies, but that feels like that. No, like, we do see. I'm sure, it. it's Why in not? the movie New Year's Eve. It's in the movie New Year's Eve. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we can assume it's in that one. So I'll go ahead and count it. If it's not in the movie next week, I'll change. <laughs> um, and then I have Anna Ferris as the one-dimensional ex, where usually there's just like, and yeah. oh, and you know what? And same with all of Amy Smart's exes. <laughs> Are yeah. all one-dimensional exes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um so those are what i had um let me see if i had anything. okay there's one more i want to pitch okay. what about like a big childhood humiliation i'm thinking of uh never been kissed when she gets egged at the prom yeah. and then he has a thing where they read the his love letter out loud at the party yeah 13 um, going on 30 there's that whole thing yeah. where she's with like the six chicks mm-hmm. in the basement and like um yes she so like, it's like the- goes in the closet with Maddie and they make fun of her. Yeah. Okay. So that's enough for me. Yeah. To account. I have like the big public like breakup speech where it's again, this was like very funny and slapsticky. Like uh, Chris and Jamie are having a fight in the bar. And then all of a sudden Ryan Reynolds or uh, Chris, like from uh, off screen, his hand just like, like slowly slides up into screen and he's holding a microphone and like, <laughs> just like all of a sudden he's got a microphone and he is like in the bar <laughs> loudly insulting her with a microphone um, and they're on the video behind them too yeah. which I never, <laughs> I never I was like is that a monitor in the background yeah it was so oh that was very funny um yeah. I have uh this is just a side note. I said this movie wins for the most dick punches ever. Um, but uh, there, I said lots of like dramatic slaps go on in this movie. Ooh, like there's yeah, you're right. so much slapping in this movie. Mm-hmm. I started counting, but then I lost track. Um, and then I have okay. So I said this is not a trope, but just something that I thought this movie kind of reversed. It's like, there's a lot of like in movies, we sometimes see like the perfect sexy circumstance, which is like, Oh, like here we are ice skating. And Oh, like kids need us to like play hockey with them. Um, But I said that this movie was just full of like the reverse of perfect sexy circumstances. So it was like (laughs) a lot of unsexy circumstances that just like perfectly worked out where it's like, Oh, we're going to go to a romantic movie, but, uh, this guy who's hitting on you and my mom are coming now with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which leads yeah. me into uh, they watched a rom com in a rom com. Uh, they oh, watched right. the Notebook. Yeah, yeah. And Classic. then, um, I have. Uh, okay. Do we think brothers fighting is one, or like big public fight is one? Because there was like a lot of. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just... I do. Well, we just saw it in The Family Stone. So let's think. What else? We saw it in The Family Stone. Oh, oh, oh I have one. Um, He's very um, klutzy as well. Like he's always... <gasps> yes. 
falling over and stuff. Um, Agreed. And then I have like the grand gesture is he gives her that card with a hundred reasons why he likes her. And then I wrote down the ending fake out. It's like, he's like, I'm leaving. I'm going to LA. And he flies to LA, mm-hmm. throws his suitcase off his balcony, just like down a hill. <laughs> and then um, so insane. And then he like is in LA for two seconds. And he's like, I got to go back to New Jersey. Yeah, that's what I have. Allie and Ryan, did you guys spot any that we haven't been joined? I mean, I no couple, one, yeah. no one was a journalist. Again, I'm learning as we go. I'm learning as we go. Um, I uh, one I had was like writing a girl a song, like playing a girl a song, mm. like the guitar moment. Um, yeah, was there. Also, like, I feel like the mom cock blocking multiple times <laughs> is like in a lot yeah. of songs. Uh, and then, I mean, the I think also the like the beginning, like the, kind of the premise of the movie is like one of those like she's all that moments where it's like take off the glasses and they're hot. And it's like he took off his fat suit and she's like, oh, my God, yeah. he's so hot now. And it's like that, like, uh like anyone can be hot kind of thing <laughs> like if you look <laughs> right yeah that's that's a very astute yeah that's the reversal of the glasses trope oh another one is like embarrassing yourself in front of their family like when yeah. uh samantha james comes and wrecks their entire house which like i feel like there's always like a huge clashing moment where the family now hates the person that they're in love with yeah yeah, yeah. uh what's it's what is that it's um Difficult in-laws, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Guys, this, so this has a lot of tropes. This is... We're at 25 tropes in this movie. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, I'd say... I guess it is a rom-com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is, yeah. But I, but I agree in that. The For me, it's the tension that's different than, than a typical Yeah, rom-com. it's a rom-com that lacks the romance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Light on the rom, heavy on the com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So now that we agree, now that we agree that we're in rom com territory, it is now time to rate this rom com. So we here at PSI Love Rom Coms have an ever changing list of top five rom coms, and as of now, our top five rom coms are The Best Man, When Harry Met Sally, Love and Basketball. Dirty Dancing, and My Big Fat Greek Wedding. So now, if we so choose today, we can put Just Friends on that list. But we all have to unanimously agree to vote off one of those other top five to replace it. So guys, what do we think? Does Just Friends deserve a spot in the top five? And if so, who should it knock off? It seems so weird to put When Harry Met Sally next to Just Friends in almost any (laughs) way. (laughs) Like the fact that those are both rom coms <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. To me. And I'm I, also and I trying, like that. I'm trying to remember if I like because Dirty Dancing has like more like darker subplots, right? Like the abortion mm-hmm. stuff yeah. and all that. Yeah. Like yeah. I think I think if you're going based off comedy, I would put <laughs> Just Friends in over uh Dirty Dancing. But well, because also, did you guys watch uh, movies we love or whatever? Like they hated each other in <laughs> real life. Yes, uh, oh, they yeah. absolutely hated each other. And uh, Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey did not. Yeah, yeah like lot. he tried so hard to get her pushed off of that movie that I feel like <laughs> I just am like, well, I I don't know, maybe I would kick that one off. <laughs> not that I, I like the movie, <laughs> but I don't know if I would put it in my top five rom coms. Mm. 
What do you okay. think? All right. I see. I see. And I, yeah. And I do, but, I do get that where it's like, yeah, I will say the weakest aspect of dirty dancing is the calm. It's the calm for sure. It's so, yeah, me and I talk show. about this a lot because like, you're mm-hmm. right. Rom-coms are such an interesting genre because they are uh, so, there's such a like diversity amongst like them where it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I guess this like is a rom-com. Um, and it also like depends on like your preference in the rom to com ratio like yeah. mia for example is a a purist she is a 50 rom <laughs> 50 com kind of lady and i, I like am a heavy rom lighter com kind of lady so i think i'm um, more heavy com lighter rom and i think yeah. i'm more oh. of a purist woman i i yeah i like <laughs> the, the 50 50 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Same. My, my oh, argument for, would yeah. be, and here's um, to keep Dirty Dancing above just friends is just that I think Dirty Dancing adds something new to the genre in that it like it manages to address uh, abortion in a way and like social issues in a way that we don't see in a lot of other rom coms, which is why I think it's groundbreaking enough to be on the top five versus just friends is a laugh and a half, but I don't know, you know what, like if it's groundbreaking or adding anything new to the genre. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it it's definitely not- gives you a hearty laugh. And I, I, uh, it's nothing to sneeze at in terms of round comps. <laughs> I certainly don't walk away from just friends being like, I learned something. Yeah. I guess, I guess my point is I don't watch a rom-com to learn anything. <laughs> so I guess that's my fault. Cause like to me, I always thought Jerry dancing was just like a pure drama, uh, romance movie. So I guess in my mind, that's the only reason I wouldn't put it in is like, cause I think, I think dirty dancing is a better movie, but I'm like, as far as a rom-com goes, if I don't laugh a bunch, then it's yeah. just wrong. Then I'm then it, then I'm like what? A, then I'm like I, if I'm in the mood for a rom com, I want to like just like kind of laugh and not really care about the characters as much. <laughs> and I'm in, yes. I'm in yeah. yes. And I think I'm in that zone of like the the sort of you know my sleepless in Seattle and Tom. You know uh, <laughs> you've got male zone of like this sort of delightful nature of like oh God my. Oh, my mouth is moving faster than my brain. <laughs> but like, I totally, Ryan, like those kind of rom-coms are the ones that are just like feel good, kind of like easy. It almost like those, like those kind of like Meg Ryan, Tom Hanksy rom-coms feels like, an, like a unique world where it's like, yeah. oh, there are no real problems here. It's just easy kind of watching sort yeah. of a thing. It's hard to compare a rom-com to a Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks maybe, uh, rom-com. They like, should have their own I feel like maybe it's like just a Nora Ephron category. Okay, so this but is yeah, a tough yeah, one. You're, you're a tiebreaker. Tell us where, where do you land? Where... What do you, where do you land on Just Friends? All right. This is a tough one, but I think I'm going to come down on the side of, yeah, I am a purist. I like a 50-50 rom-com split. And I think for me, and like that to me is like, um, just sort of like the, my, the bread and butter of a rom-com for me. And this while I love it as a comedy while it does have romantic elements. I think the rom doesn't sell it enough for me. And while I think, sorry. And I just think that the other ones on the list do, it's like, and if we're talking calm, right? Like, okay, well, it's like, 
right? Like, do we have enough that represent the calm? And to me, I'm like, my big fat Greek wedding is so funny. And when Hermit Sally is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. sort of like, yeah, I feel, I feel like we have like some better split ones. So that, yeah, I don't need yeah. it on the top five. I think it's a good rom-com. I also think that, I think because it doesn't age as well, it's sort of not like gives it points against it for, right? Because it's like, is it a good rom-com? Yes. Is it very funny? Yes. But is it the greatest rom-com of all time? I don't, I think, I think no for the aging no. factor, but I do think it might be good on a list of like top five side characters, like top five, like iconic side characters for Anna Faris. Yes. I agree. That's top five Anna Faris is incredible on this. Yeah. yeah, she kills it. Mm-hmm. So I think, so I think we would, I would put it on the list of top five like iconic rom coms. Okay, so it looks like Just Friends doesn't make it on the top five, but Anna Ferris makes it on the top five in our hearts. And <laughs> I, I now think it's time for our last segment, which is reality check. So in this segment, we test out the tropes and plot devices in rom-coms we've just watched and see if they hold up in the real world. So this week, we wanted to look at the rom-com plot device of the dramatic slap. Uh, We see this in a lot of rom-coms. We see it in Serendipity, Hitch, When Harry Met Sally, Practically every rom-com ever, there's a dramatic slap. Um, but is this something that any of us have ever witnessing, ever witnessed happening in real life? Or have we ever done a dramatic slap? I feel like I've seen, I have seen some. Yeah? Yeah. Like yeah. in high school, I 100% saw girls slapping their boyfriends at parties. <laughs> I yeah. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I, I agree in that I remember slaps being a big thing when I was younger. Like, yeah, in high school probably is like the latest. But after yeah. that, as an adult, never, you know, never seen a slap, never, never done a slap, never received a slap as an adult. But as, yeah, I feel like kids slap each other a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So that's where I'm at. I've, and I don't think I, I ever I've, slapped a boyfriend. Have you ever slapped? No. Have you ever slapped anyone? I don't think I've ever slapped any. I mean, probably my brother when I was little. I'm sure. But like never anyone yeah, I was dating. <laughs> I, I've one time slapped somebody. But here's the context behind it, guys. Because you need a lot of context. I'm going to first start off by saying it was consensual. And that... Um, <laughs> It was at a bachelorette party. So I feel like that adds, you know, some important context. But my friend had this like really fun, crazy bachelorette party in Austin, Texas. There's like a street, I think, in Austin called like 6th Street or called like Dirty Six or something like that, where it's like a street that's like all bars. And we were like bar hopping for her bachelorette party and we were at one bar and you know it was like I think the last bar of the night that we were at and um you know I uh there was I'm not exact I don't remember exactly how it led up to this but there was um like a a bachelor party that was at that bar as well and we were mingling with them and like uh, somebody asked me to slap them and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I will. And so it was consensual and they asked and um, I slapped, you know, this one guy pretty hard. And then all of the guys in the bachelor party wanted to be slapped. And so um, <laughs> there was like a line of guys and I just slapped them all. And then 
only to find out later that they were all pediatricians. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like a bachelor party of pediatricians. And this, uh, Oh, my God. This definitely started out as a story of one time I slapped someone and turned into something none of us expected <laughs> at all. <laughs> Yeah, you I like to think like a bunch of pediatricians. <laughs> they asked for it, Ryan. They asked for it. <laughs> they had to go to work the next day. I know, and they have like a slap mark on their face, and all the kids that they're treating are like, "Dr. Johnson, what's that? What's that mark oh on your God. face?" Um, but it was consensual, and they asked for it, and um, it was very fun. Um, and so, but at the end of it, it was like, cause it was like a bunch of them. And then some of them asked to be slapped again. And I was like, no, my <laughs> wrist hurts. I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Allie's been, people had begging her to slap them. Like, oh my God. That's I'm off work. No more. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, that was like, I think, I wonder if, you know, the reason why is like that they see that in movies, like people see people getting slapped in movies all the time but they're like yeah. oh like wouldn't it, like it's a bachelor party wouldn't it be fun if like we had that experience kind of like you know the experience of getting like a drink thrown in your face like that's never something that i've seen in real life but i wonder like oh maybe that might be fun and dramatic if that happened in my i feel like so life. many any physical altercation is almost way messier and not nearly as like cool looking in real life yeah yeah like so much of the time like someone just barely gets hit on the top of their head because they avoid it and it always looks so people look way more stupid fighting when they don't connect <laughs> than they do when it's like a good clean punch like i've 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 been punched before but i've never <gasps> like I've never, it was like, I was a kid. I was a, I was a child and it was an adult. No, it was a, it was uh, another like third grader who I hated. Um, his name was wit. Um, anyway, <laughs> but I feel like it always looks so messy and people look so foolish yeah. when, they, when they, I went to quite a few high school parties where full on fights would break out and yeah. cops would come and like, oh it was never like fun to be there you're like great these people ruined the party now we all have to go home the cops are here like it never it's never like a wow what a cool fight we all witnessed this weekend <laughs> yeah well yeah, I, would, I, I would at least want someone to connect and be like well that was worth watching yeah <laughs> just <for that. laughs> yeah the fights that happened in this movie were all very entertaining and fun to watch but yeah. Yes. So it sounds like in real life they happen, but they're more of a joke. And then when it is serious, it's not fun or considered standard. So I feel like yeah. the dramatic slap as we see it in the rom-com is not, does that reality does not check out. Cause if like we were adults mm -hmm. at, at an event and there was a couple and one of them slapped the other one, I would be like, Holy shit. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be upset. <laughs> Yeah, I would be like, these people aren't, they need, like, this, they need to, like, go to counseling. This is, like, not good. Yeah. So I feel like it's not check out. I agree. Okay. Well, that is the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> yeah. On that note, uh, watching couples slap each other, not fun. Um, but what is fun 
is spending this day with you guys talking about this movie. So thank you for joining us. Now, do you guys have any social media things to promote or important romance advice for our listeners? Oh, um, well, uh, uh, what was the what was the first one? Social, social media. media. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Ooh, what's important? What's good, ro- good romance, romance advice? Ooh. Um, hmm. What do we? Know. We're, we we we're, do everything perfectly. <laughs> yeah, we do. We're so. How are we romantic? <laughs> um. Because you're so romantic. I'm sorry. I'm just going to pop in here as like a, but like, I see you guys like on your romantic trips all the time. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what I want to do. I want to find someone that I can like travel with. It's so. I will say, I I was going to say, first of all, good. Thank you. I I would say travel, (laughs) like if you can and um, spend less money on food and Postmates and more money on uh, traveling. Travel. Because it can be done. It can be done very cheap. And obviously COVID it's. A new level and difficult right now um but we have done like airbnbs out in the country here and there and it's that's that's the best is that and cooking and, and communication uh, that's that's like a, oh, there's well, a real yeah. one like have good communication skills with each other that's like the most if you don't have co- good communication just get out of the relationship it's I can, not worth it. i'm just gonna say i completely disagree with that uh <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to have a seven-hour conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah, communication and travel. I think, you know, there's a lot of, not that this is a pure Bill Murray quote, but I feel like people say he said it. It's like, if you can take a road trip with someone, you're in good, uh, you're in good, what is it? You're good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also like, don't, don't just buy flowers for someone when you're in a fight. Like Ryan brings me flowers like every week and it's very sweet. And, uh, I think a lot of people only buy flowers for people when they've done something wrong. <laughs> yeah. What Allie doesn't know is that I do it to atone for my sins. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. Um, And know, yeah, know what your love languages are and respect Mm -hmm. your own, respect theirs, and hopefully they respect yours and respect their own as well. Oh, Oh, that's great. I love that. that. And then where can our listeners find you guys on the, on the social media? Uh, You can find me at Allison.grace.phillips on Instagram. I'm at RK Coyle on Twitter and Instagram. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not good at Twitter. Just <laughs> yeah, I tweet like once a year, <laughs> once a month, maybe. Not good at it. <laughs> but it's cool um, that I- once a year is worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ali, well, Ali also started. Uh, um, oh, I did start a food Instagram uh, for <gasps> my. For my gluten-free celiac journey, so you can follow that one. It's at uh, it's gluten-free dot alley, and I post just some cool recipes recipes that we've made together. Ooh, that's Ooh, awesome! I'm look at that. I, I love Instagrams. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a new episode out every week, and remember to subscribe and rate. And we are brought to you by Campfire Media. And P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Yes. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms.
Oh, hello there, you wonderful listeners of P.S. I Love Rom-Coms. Are you ready for a promo? Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Hi, I'm Nick. And Let's I'm Uriel. And we're the hosts of Hella in Your 30s. This is a podcast for people of all ages, all about navigating this dystopian world we live in (laughs) that's right so every monday we invite you into our living room or out into the world on whatever adventures we go on or into our living room for an adventure in our living room (laughs) yeah like having your wife challenge you to a great british baking show style competition in your own kitchen that's right or maybe you know you want to know what it's like to volunteer at a food bank or maybe uh, well you know you want to hear what it's like to foster kittens in the midst of a pandemic that's right super easy but giving cats medication is literally the worst thing in the world <laughs> okay anyways if you want to hang out with us find us every monday hella in your 30s wherever you get your podcast Bye. tomorrow's a new day let's order pizza